Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson. I'm Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Welcome back. It's it's week two of 2023. Um, to be honest, the first week was pretty crummy. Um, Monday night going into Tuesday, I got violently ill, and the rest of the week was pretty much under the weather, um, took a bunch of PTO, uh, so I could just stay home and rest and recuperate. So like I went to work on Friday because <laughs> I was feeling better and didn't want to use more PTO. So it was just a very odd week. Um, but back feeling better. Um, we had a really good week uh, engagement wise, like every single day last week was in the hundreds of downloads, which is pretty incredible. We don't I mean, usually like the day and the day after episodes come out, we have good engagement, but then it sort of wanes throughout the week. And then it rises again when episodes come out. But like, it was firing on all cylinders every day, and that is thanks to you guys. So we, we always like to say thank you. We appreciate each one of you. Um, and interestingly, perhaps, the, the, the topic of conversation today, as you can see, a, a theology of time, comes to you uh, sort of jokingly out of last week's introduction. When we, when we, when we started the conversation, uh, it sort of came up like, what is time? Time isn't real. And we were like, oh, that should be an episode. And well, now it is. So uh, I suppose without any further ado, let's jump into it. Um, truthfully, this is a very, very, very complex conversation. Um, when, when thinking about the, the idea or the concept of time, um, it's, it's a very philosophical thing. It's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult to define. It's difficult to, to think about. Um, and as we say often, Lucas and I are not experts. We are not even experts really in any field, let alone something like this. Um, however, as we say in our introduction, you know, we discuss, we investigate, explore, uh, we we think about things in the world, um, we think about them theologically, biblically, um, and so this idea of, of time, a, theolo- a theology of time, how did you choose to start this conversation, Lucas? What, what did you want to say at the outset? I wanted to try to find some um, theological, like Christian theological accounts of time, as far as like the, the question, what is time, which is from my understanding, basically a contentious, you know, undecided, ongoing kind of philosophical discussion. And also, I think, you know, especially like a lot of issues in philosophy with things like, um, the advent of quantum physics and um, quantum mechanics and Einstein's theory of relativity, like that there, there's a whole, there's a whole aspect of even things that maybe don't on the surface sound like philosophy that you need to interact with, you know, in, in our current era um, to, to really, you know, understand like get the lay of the land for the kind of conversation that's that's going on so I was trying to find that and I I was a little bit now I didn't I didn't have you know as much time as I would have liked so I'm not saying it's not out there and that I couldn't find it but I didn't find exactly what I was looking for um which I think is probably good because I'm not comfortable or equipped or capable really to I mean you know, we usually say stuff about, you know, oh, we're scratching the surface, you know, overview, introduction. I don't even think, I don't even think I could have done that for um, trying to answer the question, summarize different answers to the question of what is time um, in in a philosophical sense or a theological sense. Uh, so what I, what I, what I did want to hit on too uh is is more more of a more of a theological maybe even um ethical kind of uh perspective of not necessarily what is time but more like what do we do with time um you know how do we interpret time how do we how do we interpret you know 
ourselves as beings that live in time. Um, not because I want to avoid the hard questions and answer the ones that I think are easier, but just because um, it seemed slightly more plausible that we'd be able to, to get into some of those questions. Um, and, and again, it's not that there aren't answers to a, a more big picture sort of what is time question. Uh, and I'm not trying to skip over that here as much as my initial sort of the direction I thought I was going to go was a little bit, it was hard to come by the kinds of, of resources that, that were, you know, that I was going to be able to make use of um, for this conversation. Um, but I do want to spend a little bit of time just kind of, you know, from my end, it might be a little bit, uh, from my end, it might be a little bit more uh, spitballing, not sure about you, but I, I would like to think about, even if it, you know, even if it's not necessarily with any sense of finality or satisfaction, the, the that big overarching question of what is time, before we get into things like what do we do with time, how do we interact with time, what does it mean to be in time, and those kinds of questions, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it, it, I don't think it's like, I think it's, I think it's worth a question worth, worth thinking about. So first yeah. and foremost, I'll say, at, you know, with all that as a prelude, did you like, did you have more success than me or what are your thoughts, you know, on sort of that, that sort of, uh, big picture umbrella question, you know, what is time? <laughs> if, yeah. It, assuming that, that question even makes sense, uh, yeah. you know, maybe, like is even a good way of phrasing it or not. But I'm curious, curious what you found and, and thought about. Yeah, I went pretty deep into this one. I mean, once you once you jokingly like m mentioned it last week, I was like, oh, man, that would be super interesting because I've, I've been having really um, interesting, even philosophical questions with coworkers and friends lately sort of touching on similar, like difficult to define things, like whether it's money or... Um, other constructs that we have in in human society, um, because when you when you think about it, it it's it's the reason that time is so murky and difficult and elusive and philosophical um, is because time, in a sense, does and does not exist. Because the the way that we think about time is is a construct of our time period. And what I mean by that is we, we live in an era where time is kept a certain way. Time has not always been kept the way that we keep it now. So when we think of time, we think of seconds and minutes and hours and days and months and years and weeks. And that's how we categorize the passage of time, past, present, future. We can talk about those things based on the way that we've constructed our, our measurement of time. Um, and how we relate to the passage of time is also a construct. How we think about, like, I am 28 years old, well, that is based on a calendar, based on something that we've constructed to, to keep time in a certain way. But again, it has not always been this way. It depended on how we kept the calendar, how we kept time. Um, you can think of, like, throughout human history, and we'll get to some of this a little bit later, I think, but... Um, think of like sundials. I, I saw something about like water key, like water was a method in which time was kept. Um, you mentioned like uh, quantum mechanics and quantum physics and stuff and um, like atomic clocks or whatever. Like um, we, we have all these different and unique ways or even think about like who determined that a second was the, you know, unit of measurement that kept the bite-sized pieces of a minute. Who, who determined that 60 seconds consisted of one minute and 60 minutes was one hour and 24 hours was one day? Um, and, and some of this relates to uh, the, the, the heavens, as we may refer to them in scripture. You know, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the way the earth moves. Um, so, like, all this is, like, touching on this idea of what is time and so I, I, this is just straight from Wikipedia. I thought it was actually a really good definition. It says, time is the continued sequence of existence and events that occur in an apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present into the future. It is a component quantity of various measurements used to sequence 
events, to compare the duration of events or the intervals between them, and to quantify rates of change of quantities in material reality or in the conscious experience. Now, that's very verbose, very flower, flowery language. You know, there's probably lots to unpack there. Um, but that's that getting into like the, the details of, of, of what we're talking about. And so it goes on to say the operational definition of time does not address what the fundamental nature of time is. It does not address why events can happen forwards and backwards in space, whereas events only happen in the forward progress of time. Uh, investigations into the relationship between space and time led physicists to, de to define the space-time continuum. General relativity is the primary framework for understanding how space-time works. Through advances in both, in, in both theoretical and experimental investigations of space-time, it has been shown that time can be distorted and dilated, particularly at the edges of black holes. Um, so this is, again, getting into... To, areas that I have no expertise in this is this is you know secondhand reading and such um, but the the like we've already sort of alluded to this idea of time and what it is uh, isn't just like the the seconds ticking by on your watch or the the clock on your wall um, but we're talking about something that exists out there right something that even in space in in the in the void of, of, of outer space um, so much of which we don't understand but think about think about things like um, uh, the speed of light, the way in which light travels, that, that is measured in light years. So it is a, it is a, a thing that is, measure, is measuring time, the distance between two things, how far to go from, for example, the sun to the earth. How long does it take for that light to travel? Um, so this is, this is a, a complex thing. And so now that I've said some of those things, do you have any thoughts, opinions, pushback, questions before we continue? Yeah, and because what what all of that shows is is um, like what what we've just been talking about, and what things like seconds and minutes and days and years measures. Like when we think about measuring something, like the very the very concept of being able to measure something, right? I, I measure the distance between two points. Um, I measure the the depth of the ocean. I measure the, you know, the atmospheric pressure outside, and that tells me something about the weather, right? Like, the the idea of measuring something, at least in sort of a common way of speaking, I think, presupposes that there's something to be measured, right? Like, there's there, like, if I'm talking about, I'm going to measure the 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 length of this table. Right, I, I'm going to the, the the table is a thing that that exists in in the material world, and I can point to this end of it and this end of it, right? And I can I can you know take something and I can say it's one stick long or it's you know three feet long or whatever it is, um, whatever like agreed upon unit of measurement we develop or whatever, um, and I can say like okay. I'm going to do the same thing with time. I'm going to measure time. Whether whether I'm talking about I'm going to measure the amount of time it takes light to move from the sun to the earth or something on a much smaller scale, I'm going to measure the amount of time it takes, you know, to run this lap around the gym or whatever, right? Um, but like at the end of the day, what what we're measuring doesn't, in my mind maybe, and, and you, you know, like – see if you can, if, if I can explain this in a way that you can track with, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, like if we're, if we're talking about like, okay, it takes me 60 seconds to run a lap in a gym, say, okay, so I'm measuring this thing that we call the amount of time <laughs> that it takes me to run that, that distance. And say we're, we're using seconds. It, uh, it takes me 60 of those units, 60 seconds to get around. So you say, okay, your like speed is, you know, 60 seconds per, you know, 10th of a mile or however long the gym is or whatever, um, which would be a very fast 10th of a mile for me, especially. But um, <laughs> like that doesn't actually, that doesn't really make sense because like if we're saying it takes me a minute or I'll be consistent, if, it's, if we're saying it takes me 60 seconds 
to run one tenth of a mile, that's 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 a, a unit of that, that's a measurement of distance, right? We're now measuring the distance in terms of time. So what we're actually measuring is another measurement, or really we're, what we're actually measuring is my interaction with that distance of space and how long, you know, the idea of how long it takes me to travel it or how uh, quickly, you know, however we want to phrase it. Um, but there's not a thing, like if, if I'm measuring a table or I'm measuring the, the length of a lap around the gym, there's a thing out there that... Uh, that I measure, right? I'm measuring this physical distance or I'm measuring this, you know, volume of water to put in my pot to boil pasta or something. There's, there's, there's a something that I'm, that, that's, that's tangible that I'm measuring. Even, even like distance, uh, you can't hold a tenth of a mile in your hand, but you can like point to it, right? You can mark it out. You can, you can hold a cup that has, you know, three quarters of a cup of water in it or whatever. Um, or, you know, like barometric pressure, you can, you, you can, you can't hold, you know, atmospheric pressure, but like there are actual molecules out there of, you know, oxygen and nitrogen and carbon dioxide that are like, you know, being compressed from the pressure. I, I don't know how that works, but you get what I mean. But you say, well, what is it? What is a second? Oh, well, it's one sixtieth of a minute. Oh, well, what is a minute? Like, what are these things measuring? And maybe we want to, what, what I think you'd, you'd want to say is, oh, well, time is this succession of events. And we, in order to mark different points of time off, we measure it compared to the movement of, um, you know, the heavenly bodies of, of our planet rotating and orbiting the sun and the other, you know, uh, planets and, and stars and moon and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But like, ultimately, like, the the earth orbiting around the sun that's a physical process that happens but but it that's not time right like we're we're using that as our as our standard of time to say this happened 2 days ago this ha- or you know 2 years ago this happened two orbits around the sun ago and we call that year and conceptualize a year as a stretched out piece of time so I guess what I'm trying to say is we, we, it's interesting that we use, like it, when we conceptualize of time, years, days, months, and all the way down to seconds and all that kind of stuff, where we're conceptualizing units of time, but the, but the, the of time part is, is really nebulous because mm-hmm. what we're saying is we're just making comparisons. We're making relative statements between two events right like we record this episode and then relative to our recording of this episode it's going to come out you know two and a half uh rotations of the earth later and we call those days and and what's interesting is like that there's what i'm trying to say is because we're we're it time is relative to between two things like you like a second isn't an abstract you know, objective thing in a vacuum. You're saying it's one second later than before, or it happened one second earlier than now, right? Like it's it, it it's it's a relative comparative kind of thing, and the standard, you know, we we at the bottom we're we're basing it on you know astronomical movements and and processes that are happening, regardless of whether or not we pay any attention to them, right? Like. The way the universe has been designed, the Earth spins around and orbits the sun regardless of whether or not we're paying attention to it. Like, you know, the little pe- the little algae in the ocean ha- probably don't have a conscious awareness of the rotation of the Earth, but it's still happening, right? right. Like, they're, they're still living their life cycle and the, the Earth is still rotating the way it's rotating. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, we just happen to use it to, to measure this thing called time. But ultimately, time is this relative way of speaking about the relation between two two events yeah but it doesn't feel that way right like like the way i've just described time i i find it very difficult to have any way of saying that time is real <laughs> like there, there's not a thing out there called time tangible. now space right now space time and, and the concept of space time is a little different 
um, seeing space and time as two dimensions of the same, like, 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 like space time is a physical thing. That's why time dilates when space is bent, right? Like with black holes or whatever. Um, and that's something that's like hurts my head. Um, uh, (laughs) and, and I like, I get, I get scared and want to retreat to like, you know, (laughs) my ancient theology brain. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting because it, it, you know, provisionally, if you'll humor me, like time, the way I've been sort of identifying and describing it doesn't exist in any sense of being a real objective, tangible thing out there somewhere. But our experience of time is not that of a subjective, you know, tool of relating events to each other and marking off significant things that happen. Our experience of time past through present to future is and not just on an individual sense of I can remember my yesterday, I'm experiencing my today, and I can imagine my tomorrow, but also on a much bigger level, I can read history books and um, I can I can watch the news and see what's going on around the world, not just in my own experience, right? But like it 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 feels very objective. And I say feel in the sense of like our actual like biological psychological experience is very much bound by time like like very much takes into account time the way it takes into account you know the need for to drink water or eat food or um you know have positive human interactions and stuff like like there there's the sense where we don't have to think about it for our mode of being in this world to include time right your body has like its circadian rhythm like you don't have to have a clock your body has its own clock right and it's like well that's so interesting because that's just connected roughly to the movement of our planet which is in no sense any kind of timeline right like there, there's no timelines like you're saying are this construct we've we've mapped onto these real physical processes that that occur in the world whether we're conscious of them or not but 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 yet there's something stronger than merely this like i said subjective tool of relation that we that we use um i don't know yeah (laughs) i mean i I don't even know how to like wrap that why we could talk about this all day long it's so deep and complex and i'm glad we're talking about it like what what you're saying, especially when you talked about like, you know, the algae in the ocean or whatever, like think about all the things that are happening on other planets that we are unaware of, or perhaps some of which we are aware of because we have, you know, satellites or whatever out in space, but things are happening on those planets. But even our concept of time, how we think about time, time is different on that plane of existence, so to speak. Like, a quote-unquote day on Mercury is way different than what we call a day on Earth. Think about if you've ever seen, like, the movie Interstellar. You know how, like, they go onto that one planet and they're like, you know, we have to be there this amount of time or else we're going to age significantly or whatever. Like, first of all, Interstellar is one of those movies that just, like, hurts my head talking about time and space and whatever. Um, but, But think about think about for a minute so let's take this to a theological bend um let's think about this uh, even perhaps in relation to scripture um let's think about in the beginning words like beginning have uh baked into it a a a, a, uh, it it means time in back at the starting point the place where this all had its birth something happened and what happened and then there's an unfolding so like the 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 narrative of genesis the the narrative of the old testament the narrative of the new testament uh into today all of it is an unfolding it is a it is a timeline it is a sequence um in in some sense the the creator of the cosmos created a world in which there are natural laws that are followed there are are what we call scientific laws you know again talking about the earth uh rotating on its axis uh revolving around the sun to make a year um the the other movements of the bodies the heavenly bodies like those are things that god set in motion for for what in a sense the keeping of time 
I mean, the sun and the moon are set to govern the day and the night. They're also for the appointment of feasts and celebrations and um, the, the demarcation of other notable events. This is a remembrance of something that happened previously. So con consider, especially though, the way that people lived prior to our modern timekeeping. Obviously, there came a point in human history where they wanted to better keep track of time, and so they began developing timekeeping means and modes and methods. Um, but the sun and the moon, like I said, governed the day and the night. Seasons, seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter, uh, marked the passage of time. Even the seasons aren't just some like nebulous like come and go. Like the seasons are are like firm and set and they pass even if the weather varies in between and you know you have a unseasonably warm winter or whatever like it's still the season of winter wherever you live um this is part of how people kept what they what we call time it wasn't that they were living on their and you know we're we're so rigid these days everything we do revolves around the clock when you wake up, when you go to work, when you go to lunch, when you come home, when you go to school, whatever it might be. Um, but there was, it was different at different points in human history. Um, perhaps, perhaps consider this. I found this really interesting. I, I had recollections that, um, you know, a lot of people in the, the, in biblical times kept a, um, a lunar calendar versus a solar calendar, meaning like the calendar was structured around the phases of the moon as opposed to the, the sun. Um, and so I, I did some digging here. And so artifacts from the Paleolithic era suggest that the moon was used to reckon time as early as, you know, 6,000 years ago. So lunar calendars were among the first to appear um, with years of either 12 or 13 lunar months either 354 or 384 days. So even what we're talking about right now is different from our 365 days. Um, interestingly, lunar lunisolar calendars have a 13-month uh, added to some years to make up for the difference between a full year known to be about 365.24 days. So we've become so scientifically intelligent to realize that like a what we call a year is not f exactly 365 days. It's 365.24, which is why today we have what we call a leap year every four years. We have one, I think, in 2024 next. We'll have, you know, February 29th. Um, similarly, even back then, they recognized that. So in certain years, they would add a, a whole 13th month to make up for that that difference. Um and so uh, the numbers 12 and 13 came to feature prominently in many cultures, at least partly due to this relationship of months to years. Other, uh, other early forms of calendars originated in Mesoamerica, particularly with Mayan civilizations. Um, these calendars were religiously and astronomically based, um, with 18 months uh, in a year and 20 days in a month plus five what they call uh, epigonmenial days, basically similar to the idea of a leap year at the end of the year for them. Um, but again, a different way of keeping time. 18 months versus our 12 months, but their months only had 20 days versus 30 days. Um, but it was the reforms of Julius Caesar in about 45 BC um, that the the basically like put the Roman world on a solar calendar. So this this Julian calendar, as it came to be known, was was faulty in that its intercalation uh, still, uh, still allowed the astronomical solstices and equinoxes to advance against it by about 13 minutes per year. Um, so this is all getting kind of nebulous. But Pope Gregory Eighth introduced a correction in 1582 and so the Gregorian calendar uh, was slowly adopted by different nations over a period of centuries um, but is today by far the most commonly used calendar around the world. 
Um, so even the way that we think about time and relate to time as it, you know, as we're talking about years and days is only like really been since even the Reformation. 1582 is when Pope Gregory introduced a correction to the calendar to account for some of these inconsistencies. Um, so like this is, again, just barely, just barely scratching the surface of, of talking about time, uh, talking about it theologically, perhaps, um, uh, in the vein of theology, I did find from Augustine, I thought it was pretty interesting. He talks about time quite a bit in Confessions, in Book 11 particularly. Um, he ponders the nature of time, asking, What then is time? If no one asks me, I know. <laughs> if I wish to explain it to the one that asks, I know not. Which is just like a great answer. But he begins to define time by what it is not, rather than what it is. Um but Augustine ends up by calling it a distension of the mind in Confessions 11.26, by which we simultaneously grasp the past in memory, the present by attention, and the future by expectation. And for the Christian, in a, in a sense, that is, that is how, I mean, in, in, in the arc of even church history and in the history of God's people, the, the past is a memory. We, we mentioned feasts and celebrations, the remembrance of things like Passover. Um, it was, it was a, a callback to things that had happened prior in space, in time, real events that are commemorated. And there are, you know, are real and rich and theological reasons that things are remembered and commemorated. The present, we, we, we grasp by our attention, you know, we, we have our senses, we have our, our sight and our, uh, our hearing and our, our touch. Um, we can, we can, we can grasp it. We can see it, um, in a sense, grasp, uh, not actually hold on to. And then the future by expectation, you know, for, for God's people in the old covenant, the, the future expectation of a redeemer of our Messiah today, our expectation of, you know, Christ's return. We, we understand that there's going to be an event, a, a, a place in time in history where Christ will return. Um, so like, it's it's so it it gets really interesting when you start to think about things like prophecy when when people make predictions when people make um you know forth looking proclamations of what's to come and when those things do in fact come to pass because in some way like we we can't know what's to come. I don't, I, me, Jens Nelson, living, it's today, Sunday, January 8th, 1.35 p.m. right now, 24 hours from right now, I do not know if I will even be alive. For all I know, I pass away in my sleep. For all I know, on my way to work, I'm hit by a, a car and T-boned into a ravine. Like, those are things to me that I cannot know for certainty. I can make good, educated um, calculated guesses. I'm probably going to be sitting at my desk at work tomorrow at this time, about to enter my 150 meeting that I have every weekday. But I don't know that. I have no certainty, and that's that's part of I think what even gives life meaning. If we knew everything, if we were just robotically moving through this world that God created, there would not be a quote-unquote sense of purpose or a, a meaning to our days here but but god created the the world and the things in it the way that it's governed all the laws you know gravity um laws of motion uh the passage quote-unquote passage of time um in such a way that yeah we 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 <laughs> we exist but we're finite we don't know everything uh but god does and he's in control of it and we have like a sense of, uh, you know, gratitude for that, that, that we don't know everything, but God does. And he holds the world in the palm of his hands. There's, there's a Psalm I was reading this week where, where David basically says, I lie down and you keep me. I, I, I awoke because of you. Like, yes, you went to sleep and were sustained in your sleep from any manner of things. The fan above you, Lucas, falling on your face, uh, cats scratching out your eyes. Um, you know, the, the electricity in your house, you know, stayed on and you didn't lose heat or whatever. Like those things are kept by the, the grace and mercy of God. You awake, you arose, you lived that next day. Each breath 
sustained by the creator. <laughs> That's a... It, oh, I don't I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm at this point where I feel like you should probably interject uh, and, and add anything no, that you yeah, want to add. I think... I mean, there's not there's not much to add in the sense of like hammering home, well, not hammering home, but but bringing up like key, you know, maybe key points or something where it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, we we've we've got all all the stuff we've talked about is sort of like, okay, well, why why do I care? Why are we talking about it in this context on this podcast, right? Like, and for me, where where it really comes home is to sort of loop back to some the thing. The, well, more than one thing, but the especially the idea of what, how we see time being used throughout human history and, and specifically and especially in the history of God's people with um, the, you know, rooted in the story of creation, the rhythm and the command to observe the rhythm of work and Sabbath and the commands to observe the rhythms of seasons marked by um, mark, marked by festivals and and also and also fasts and resting too things like um, there wasn't just a weekly Sabbath there was also supposed to be <laughs> um, every seven years as a Sabbath year and um, feasting and fasting and and the sacrifices and we have the day of atonement and the feast of booths and you know like we can go through all of these like there's a reason there are there there are reasons that if you're reading you know leviticus numbers deuteronomy like there's a reason that things like you know how sacrifices are to be prepared and how holidays are to be kept and how um, you know, priests are to dress, you know, like these rhythmic religious timekeeping um, things are, they're, they're explained and they're, um, they're recorded and they're maintained with such detail for a reason. And not to pick on, you know, certain types of Protestantism, but like we, we lose that in a lot of our religious culture as American Protestants. Um, but that's not something that gets lost in translation or lost in New Testament or um, church life. And um, I've mentioned it before, but Alexander Schmemann's For the Life of the World has a whole chapter on time, um, the time of mission. And he talks about the church, the, the, the weekly gathering. And, and, and the celebration of the Eucharist in the early church as, as the eighth day, the day of new creation, the re, you know the, the rebirth of, of the world in the church and then the church year and the, and the cycles and rhythms of feasts and fasts and the passage of time that is marked by you know a, you know Advent opening up in, in expectation, opening up into Christmas and the celebration and then you know today we celebrated um, Christ's baptism, and we have all these these festivals that are marked out on specific points along our calendar of the year for the purpose of sanctifying and redeeming time in our human lives, and and ultimately, you know, on on the uh, the smaller scale, those things are worked out in in the daily rhythm um, in in traditional Judaism and Christianity of. Um, certain hours of prayer and this and this more this rhythm between day and night of like you're saying every night God God is the one who sustains you he's the one who wakes you up every next morning um, and and yeah and and that is you know if there's anything close to <laughs> some kind of point of application or you know practical consideration from this conversation it's that that Time is theological because we live in a world, we live lives, we live an existence, uh, both physically and spiritually, that, that, that is, uh, you know, bound by time. We experience the world through time, and we live in a, in a, in a timed world that God entered into for the sake of joining it to him, Right? In, in the incarnation and we are his body and that means 
even our time, you know, there's that Abraham Kuyper quote, there's not a square inch over which Christ is not Lord. And that that doesn't just apply to the earth. That doesn't just apply to our hearts or our lifestyles. That applies to um, e- even down to the quantum mechanics of time bending at the edges of black holes. Like, and whatever that means. Uh, and more importantly for us, <laughs> uh, it, it, it applies to, to our, go- our waking up and our lying down and everything in between. And we ought to make, you know, we, we ought to be drawn to turn over even our time to God, right? Um, I, I was struck, even just as we were recording this episode, um, it helps that we record typically like right after I get home from church. So church, you know, church is kind of fresh in my mind. But like um, in, in, in our Anglican, in the in liturgy, there's a, there's a part uh during the prayer of consecration where um, the congregation together says, you know, the, the celebrant says, we therefore we confess the mystery of our faith. And then the congregation responds, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And as we were talking, and I was trying to think of like, how do I even summarize a conversation like this? I think, what is a Christian theology of time? It, it, there's probably no better way to condense it than Christ has died, Christ is risen and Christ will come again. And this is what we proclaim, the mystery of our faith, the mystery of God, the eternal self-existent being entering into time and space um, until his coming again. And this is what we celebrate. This is what we are shaped by. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) I I cross my arms so that I accidentally pull up Siri on my watch. (laughs) But anyway... um, uh, and, and this is this is this is uh, Christ being all in all in in time, right? Like 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 time is not outside of the the complete totality that is Christ and that is us living as the body of Christ in the world. And really, that that's all I that's all I want to say is one: read Alexander Schmemann, <laughs> and two: yeah, um, Christ has died. Christ has risen and Christ will come again. And I, I don't know. There's, there's like we said, we haven't even started to almost scratch the surface of what there no. is to say about time, it, philosophy, theology, all of that. But I think I think if you're going to start somewhere, I, I think I, I, I'm happy starting with, with this sense of confusion <laughs> and folding that into um, pointing it back to Christ because I think, you know, the Sunday school answer is always right for a reason. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I, my, my final concluding thoughts are very similar. I, I, I was, you know, thinking about, um, you know, make the most of the time for the, for the days are evil. I, I can't remember the the citation, but the, the time that we have is important. It, it's not promised to us. And so we should do everything we can to, to redeem our time. Um, I also thought of dear friends, don't overlook this one fact with the uh, with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. So, like, just as we think we've tried to scratch the surface of what time is, the the infinite Creator is outside of time, and somehow one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. To exist outside of time, what is what what is that like? <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. I was also just like really really interested in we we touched briefly on it, and I'm not going to go that much deeper into it, but time in relation to other things you know you mentioned travel from point a to point b um, but what about time in relation to music as a drummer to keep time to keep the tempo to keep the rhythm to not to you know to not be all over the place speeding up or slowing down um you know the the, the, the when i think about music and the way that music works it is like it confounds my brain like god created a world where where you know stringed instruments and horns and whatever all these things can come together and create this beautiful symphony that has to do with time um just so interesting and the, one of the last little thoughts I, I call this thoughts to ponder um time relativity even like think about when you were a kid versus today when i don't know about you but when i was a kid time seemed to drag that you the 45 minute drive from um you know, where I lived to the mall in, in Madison, Wisconsin felt like for what, whatever reason, an eternity, I make that drive now. And it's like, Oh, super easy. Um, 
I don't know how I'm, you know, I don't know how I'm 28, dude. Like, where did 10 years, I, th- I'm about to celebrate my 10-year anniversary, or not anniversary, 10-year, um, I guess, anniversary of, like, when I graduated high school. Like, how is that time, I mean, I felt like the four years that I was in high school was an actual eternity, but now I've been out of it for 10 years. It's just unreal. Um, and the very last thing, and then we will pray out of this episode, which has been 45 minutes, if you are keeping track of time, <laughs> um, the very last thing, this is this is only tangential, but I thought it was really interesting. I can't remember if you and I have talked about this or if I've even brought it up on air, so I apologize if I have, but like I think it's still really interesting. This is this is just a thought experiment. This is I was laying up late um one night, couldn't sleep, and just having like existential dread. Um thinking about, you know, money, thinking about s- struggles, work had been crazy. And so I was thinking about the difference between 1 million and 1 billion, for example. And I was like, man, I, I feel like in my head, I, it, I don't know the difference. Like, I know that there are difference of numbers, but like, how can I quantify a million versus a billion? So I thought about it in relation to time. Because as, again, as we're saying, as a human, I can quantify a million seconds better than I can a million dollars. I know what I know what the passage of time is versus like the accumulation of wealth. So 1 million seconds is 11 days. So in an 11 day span, it's approximately 1 million seconds. Okay. So 1 billion seconds is 31 years. I am, I've said it a couple times for whatever reason today. I am 28 years old. I have not lived for 1 billion seconds yet. I still have 3 years to go. But how many times how many times have I lived in 11 day span? How many times do you live 1 million seconds even in one calendar year? And so then I started getting like holy moly that's insane. So let's talk about some of these extreme, you know, multi-billionaires. So Jeff Bezos, for example, has at the time of when I did this had a, had a net worth of approximately 126 billion dollars. I'm like, okay, so what's 126 billion seconds? Well, it's 3,996 years. <laughs> so we went from 1 billion being 31 days, or sorry, 31 years, to 126 billion being almost 4,000 years. The wealthiest person at the time was Elon. I can't remember if he is or any if he is or not anymore, but his was over 6,000 years. And so I'm like, okay, so if each person got to live like their 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 net worth in seconds, how many years would I live? <laughs> I would live 14 hours <laughs> compared to Elon living for 6,000 years. Amazing. I would live about 14 hours. And so again, again, that's that was just a goofy thought experiment, like again, having crazy existential dread in the middle of the night. But that should be for you. If you're just trying to figure out like, you know, millionaires and billionaires and inequality in our world, like think about it in terms of time because it really puts it in perspective. Even the difference between one million and one billion, or one billion and hundred and twenty-six billion. And I think it'll you know, that that old phrase to give it a theological conclusion here. Uh, we we did an episode on on Basil of Caesarea, his um, uh, on social justice, where he said those who abound in wealth, or, or sorry, the the more that you abound in wealth, the more that you lack in love. Um, and I recognize we weren't talking about money necessarily on this episode or anything, um, but that relation of you know money is difficult to quantify but time is easier to quantify and so when you see the difference in seconds in years in days it makes that wealth inequality all that much more real and tangible um and so man all i'm going to say my my application is use the time that you have to love your neighbors well to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength use the days the weeks, the months, whatever whatever time you have left on this plane of existence to do those things to the, the best of your ability because that's what you're called to do. So anyway, that's my conclusion. We're going to close with a very fitting prayer, I think. Uh, it comes from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 15. 
The CSB calls this the mystery of time. The mystery of time. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I have seen that the task God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts, but no one can discover the work that God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them to rejoice and to enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God uh, wherever anyone eats, drinks, to enjoy all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is already has been and whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Amen. Man, doesn't get any Amen. better than Solomon himself. Thank you for that prayer. Thank you, Solomon, for writing it. And thank you for listening to today's episode of the Doxology Podcast. Uh, this was this was a good one. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go because it's just so not, you know, like, the less you're able to prepare for something and then it's being recorded and people listening to it, that's uh, that's scary. But no, it's always a good conversation. Um, and even something that on my own makes absolutely no sense. Uh, we can have some fruitful and I think edifying discussions when we come together. Uh, it's a great blessing. If you were also a fan of this conversation or if you really hated it and you'd like to connect with us to let us know, we are on Twitter at Doxology Podcast. We are available by email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your feedback of any variety, any questions you have, any thoughts you have about time and the way it interacts with our lives or anything else. I mean, I can't, I can't think of any other time-related things. But anything else, any uh, future episode ideas, whatever. Oh, there it is, future episode ideas. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Future until time. Until next time. We'll see you. <laughs>